Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi everyone and welcome to My Millennium Money Professional. My name's Dev Raga and I'm your host and in this episode we will discuss the three bucket strategy with particular reference to retirement planning. Now just a word of caution, the three bucket strategy means slightly different in North America where they're looking to taxation when it comes to retirement planning. But we won't really be going into taxation too much in this episode. If you're new to the channel, be sure to check out my superannuation series. I go in-depth on all the concepts you need to know when it comes to superannuation and retirement planning. Now, superannuation for non-Australians is the Australian retirement financial system. Let's get started. If you want me to discuss a specific topic or if you have a specific question, don't hesitate to contact me via Twitter or via Facebook. And for those of you that are new to the channel, remember the three main aims, education, empowerment, and entertainment. Now to the main topic, what is the three bucket strategy? Originally created in the 1980s by Evensky, who had two buckets or two categories when it comes to retirement planning. Then they later added on the third bucket, hence the three bucket strategy. Each bucket represents a division of assets during your retirement. The three buckets are, number one, emergency savings and liquid assets. Number two, medium-term holdings. And number three, longer-term holdings, which usually involves higher-risk asset classes. The three-bucket strategy assumes you will need these categories of investments or assets during your retirement to handle most scenarios. Let's go a little bit deeper into each of these buckets. Number one, or bucket one, is emergency savings and liquid assets. This is your operating expenses, a bit like a cash account, where all of your spending comes from. Traditionally, recommendation of length of time for this should be around one to three years. That is, you need to have one to three years of operating expenses in this account ready to be used, not just for emergencies, but for day-to-day living expenses. This way, you don't have to touch any of your other categories in the event of emergencies or daily expenses. Now, when I say categories, I'm really talking about buckets. And this also means money is usually sitting in accounts which is easily accessible, not in the form of bonds or term deposits. Money is very liquid in this particular bucket. The other option for this bucket is you may be living off market returns or dividends, and you may only use this bucket for emergencies, especially if one year there is limited dividends or poor market returns. Now, if you're living on aged pension or aged care pension or some form of social security benefits, then you may wish to top it up from this account. And the other reasons to top up this bucket might be home repairs, car repairs, dream holidays, etc., etc. That's bucket one, emergency savings and liquid assets for your operating expenses lasting anywhere between one and three years. 
Bucket number two is medium-term holdings. The primary purpose of this is probably in the three to five-year timeframe, money which you can start to invest. Now, in this bucket, there are some tolerance to risk. Usually, this bucket's money is accessed during your retirement, maybe helping children or family members out, a brand new car perhaps, or dream holidays, or perhaps that home renovation you've been planning for or living a bit of luxury when it comes to retirement expenses. Now, in this bucket, this could be in the form of blue-chip stocks, stock investments like ETFs or index funds, dividend stocks, term deposits, bonds, corporate or government, mutual funds. As assets in bucket one diminishes, you convert some from bucket two to bucket one. That's bucket two, medium-term holdings. In bucket three, it's the longer-term holdings with a bit more risk. This is usually measured in decades, usually greater than 10 years of holding period, and there is more tolerance to volatility and risk. Now, I've done episodes in the past about volatility and risk, the definitions, the similarities and differences, if you're interested. Essentially, in this bucket, bucket three, mostly you'd be holding stocks and funds in the stock market. Maybe some niche investments like crypto, even though I think crypto is not really an investment. It doesn't do anything for society yet on a large scale. Now, you may wish to consider other things like real estate, such as commercial real estate or industrial real estate or residential real estate, higher risk stock options or ETFs or indices, commodities, check out episode 314 for more information on this asset class, and even currency speculation. To be honest, I don't do any of that. It's way too risky for my liking. So this bucket, which is bucket three, refills bucket two when it gets depleted. Notice I'm not really talking about superannuation as such, because superannuation is not an investment. It's rather a structure. You may wish to use super in your bucket three, but we're really talking about specific investments rather than specific structures, which is a different conversation to have with your financial planner or advisor. That's the basic fundamentals when it comes to the three-bucket strategy. Now, can this be used even pre-retirement? And the short answer is yes. During your working years, we all have a budget. And in that, we have emergency funds and have pay-yourself money set aside. The bucket strategy is a bit similar. But how much money should you allocate during your working years in order to prepare for your retirement using the bucket strategy? Now, generally speaking, the younger you are, the more you should focus on bucket three and work backwards. The closer you are to retirement, the more you should have in bucket two. And if you're only one to five years from retirement, then you may wish to bolster your bucket one. So a simple rule of thumb is, if you're under the age of 20 to 40, 75% should be focusing on bucket three, 25% in bucket two, and nothing really in bucket one. Remember, we're talking about retirement planning. If you're between the ages of 40 and 50, 50% should be in bucket three, 50% should be in bucket two, and nothing really in bucket one. And if you're over the age of 50 or 60, then perhaps 50% in bucket three, 25% in bucket two, and 25% in bucket one. And if you're over 60 or 65, then 25% in bucket three, 25% in bucket two, and make sure your emergency funds and operating expenses are covered up to 50% in bucket one. Now, obviously, this all depends on age of retirement. In this example, I'm using the traditional age of retirement as 65. There are two key things you need to keep an eye on when it comes to the bucket strategy. You need to guess your lifespan. Now, this is really tricky but it's really important. You want to over-prepare for retirement rather than under-prepare. 
I used to be a GP geriatrician looking after aged care residents back in the day. We hear about people saying, oh, live life. I wish I'd done this or done that in their older age. But when it comes to retirement and experiences, that's what people often say to you. In my experience looking after elderly people in aged care, a lot of their problems was money. I had to discuss cutting down their medications because they couldn't afford it, even with the reduced cost of medications. They couldn't afford some parts of the healthcare system, like seeing specialists, etc. Sometimes up to 70% of their aged care pension will go towards their aged care expenses. Families would have to struggle to keep up with the bills. Now, you don't want to put yourself or your family in this situation. So please plan your retirement and think about your life expectancy. Make sure you have some leeway and variabilities built in. Overplanning is much better than getting to retirement and noting you're underplanned. The other main thing to keep an eye on, making sure you're refilling the buckets and distributing the funds properly. Now, this is akin to making sure you rebalance and do it properly. Now, that's about it for this part of the episode where we discuss the three-bucket strategy and its pros and cons. Now, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, let's discuss a worked example of how this strategy may work in your retirement planning. Be right back. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Now, welcome back. Now, let's use a worked example and think about rules which may apply in the three-bucket system. Amy is 65 years old and has a portfolio balance of $400,000. This is in a super account. As per the government rules, there are minimum super withdrawal rates. 65 to 74 years of age, 5% per annum. 75 to 79, 6%. 80 to 84, 7%. 85 to 89, 9%. 90 to 94, 10%. 95 and above, 14%. The aim of super is for you to withdraw all that money so you don't hoard wealth in your super. And remember, spending money contributes to the economy. The government doesn't want you to pass on super to your offspring. So they want you to spend it. And that's why they have minimum withdrawal rates. 
So in Amy's case, she needs to draw down about 5%, which is around $20,000. Let's call this her pension. Note, this is not the age pension, which may get supplemented to on top of this. This is her pension that she draws down from superannuation. To recap, Amy's three-bucket strategy will be Bucket one is emergency savings and liquid assets, which is around one to three years worth of operating expenses. In her case, it's $60,000. We figure three years worth is good, but a bare minimum is two years worth for her. Bucket two is medium term holdings. Amy chooses to split the remainder into 50-50. So she has $170,000 in bucket two and $170,000 in long-term holdings, which is her bucket three. So in total, her portfolio is around 400K. At the end of year one, financial year post-retirement, these are the rebalancing rules she may wish to use. Step one, has she got enough operating expenses to last another two years? She checks the investment returns in medium and long-term holdings, and the possibilities are both buckets are making money and as positive returns, in which case she'll just leave them alone because she feels that she has enough operating expenses to last another two years. So her bucket one is stable and secure. Or she may wish to transfer some of that into a liquid assets bucket to boost it a bit, maybe a bit of a buffer. Or she may find that both buckets, bucket two and three, are actually losing money and has negative returns, in which case she may choose to just leave it alone because she has enough in bucket one. Or she may find that one of the buckets has been very positive in terms of returns and the other one has very negative returns, in which case, again, she may choose to leave it alone because her bucket one is safe and sound. Now, in this case, no matter which option she takes or whatever happens, Amy is relatively safe because she has enough funds to fend for herself over the next two to three years. Remember, her bucket one, she has enough operating expenses to last at least two years, which is a minimum, but she wants it to last for around three years, ideally. If her operating expenses or liquid assets bucket dips to, say, one or even less than two years of funds, then she may wish to rebalance and top it up for added security, and she may take it from bucket two or bucket three, depending on the returns of those buckets. Step two. At the end of the second financial year post-retirement, she does the same process again, and this time she notices her liquid assets bucket, that is bucket one, an emergency funds bucket, is dipping to two years of cash flow or less. Now, that triggers her minimum requirement. She checks her investment returns in medium and long-term holdings, and the possibilities are both buckets are, again, making money and has positive returns, in which case she'll take some of that and distribute to a liquid bucket or emergency funds bucket, which is bucket one, because that's dwindling. Or she finds that medium long-term buckets are actually losing money and has negative returns, in which case she's a bit stuck. She can take some of that on top of her liquid assets or just wait and see, but risk operating expense budget become more and more diminished. So it's not a great option if both of her medium and long-term buckets are losing money. And the last option might be one of the bucket might be doing really well and the other bucket might be doing really poorly, that's medium or long-term, depending, take your pick, in which case she may take some from the winners and distribute it to the liquid assets bucket. So let's see how Amy does. After year one, her returns in each bucket are emergency, $1,000, medium term, $4,000, and long term, $6,000. These are her returns. She has taken $20,000 drawdown from her super because that's what her pension's going to be. So now her new totals are bucket one, $41,000, bucket two, $174,000, and bucket three, $176,000. 
Remember, she had $60,000 in bucket one initially and $170,000 each in bucket two and three. Now, Amy is a bit nervous because after year one, her cash buffer is down to $41,000 from $60,000, which is a usual comfort zone. Remember, her usual comfort zone is minimum two years, but ideally three years worth of operating expenses. But overall still, she's relatively happy. But after year two, this is a situation. Bucket one emergency has only performed 500 bucks. Bucket two medium holdings is $191,400, which is up 10%. And bucket three long-term is $158,400, which is down by 10%. Now let's go back to the rules. The emergency funds bucket is now quite low because now after a couple of years, she's only got operating expenses left over of $21,000 after using $20,000 for income per year, plus another $500,000 in returns. So she's only got 21,500 bucks, which is a lot less than three years of operating expenses she needs. In the medium term bucket, she's got 191,400. And in the long term bucket, she's got 158,400 because it's down by 10%. Now, Amy is getting really nervous because her emergency funds is now dwindling. So she decides to top up from the medium term bucket to the emergency bucket because the medium term bucket has done well. It's gone up by 10%. Now we decided for Amy, she's got to have a minimum of two years operating expenses, but ideally three years. So the emergency bucket needs to come up to $40,000 at least, or at least up to 60,000 if she really wants three years. So in other words, she's only got 21,000 in it and she needs another 19000 at least to top it up to get it to $40,000. So she takes at least 19000 from the medium-term bucket and switches it over. Now, she will need to account for taxes because some of these will be capital gains tax, potentially, depending on whether it's within super or not. Now, in this particular case, we are talking about super. But remember, a lot of the super in your retirement is ideally tax-free, provided you stay below the cap. So we're relatively safe when it comes to taxation. But if it's outside of super, you're on your own. Now, the new balances are bucket one emergency funds of 41,000. That meets a minimum two-year operating expenses rule. Bucket two is medium term of 172,400 because we've now taken 19,000 and put it into the emergency funds. And bucket three is the same, 158,400. It's still down by 10%. Notice Amy did not touch the long-term fund because it was negative. It's better to use the positive amount of the medium-term funds to top up the liquid assets. So that's a kind of a worked example of how you might want to use a three-bucket strategy. It's a pretty simple example, to be honest, and it's probably best explained by YouTube video. So go to YouTube and Google this. In YouTube, you'll see what I mean. Probably haven't done the best justice to try and explain this concept by podcast, But I think it's important that people understand what is the three-bucket strategy. So what are the good things about this? Number one is it's simple. The last thing you want for retirement planning is complexity. People know me. I'm a very simple person. The three-bucket strategy conceptualizes things very easily, and it's a relatively simple system. It provides a framework to allocating assets to your needs. Number two is it takes into account tolerance of risk. A lot of people think, Just putting money into super investments and index funds is good enough. It isn't. Retirement strategy is really important. 
And if you think about it early on in your career, markets can fluctuate depending on when the RBA governor sneezes. We've all found out about it in 2022 and 23, right? Number three is accounts for accessibility and growth. It allows people to not worry about the markets in the short term, but at the same time, have some hope the money is still growing over the medium to long term. In retirement, liquidity is important. Health scares, repairs, emergencies, they happen all the time, possibly more frequently than usual. So having a bucket for this is really, really useful. Number four is it protects the downside risk. Now, when I talk to people about money, I always use the concept of protecting the downside risk. I've got an episode coming up about this specifically. It's really easy to lose money. So try not to do stupid things and lose money. Make sure you protect your downside risk and just don't be too greedy. The three bucket strategy has protections in place to protect you from your downside risk. Now, it's not all rosy. It's got some bad things about it. The first one is you need to predict your lifespan and expenses. This is a real problem. We don't know what the future holds. I mean, we never knew in 2023 we'd have peak inflation just a few years ago. We never knew that interest rates were going to be so high just a few years ago. So if you can't predict these two elements, if you can't predict the future and plan for it, you won't be able to adequately use your three-bucket strategy. I use the general principle that in your retirement income should be around 70% of your current working income or peak income and expenses are around 60% of what expenses you have right now. It gives you a 10% variance and margin of safety. The second bad thing about it is it requires some management. It's not all just passive. This is a con technically, but to be honest, it's not a huge problem. A lot of super funds and even target funds more and more are coming out to provide built-in mechanisms to manage the three-bucket strategy in retirement but you still need to manage it. Number three is there are barriers to entry. You need to plan for a sizable retirement asset portfolio. Bucket one is one to three years worth of expenses, which is a lot of money for a lot of people. Years spent accumulating this is an opportunity cost, but I'm clutching at straws here. Having an emergency operating funds is really important at any age group, even in retirement. So is there an alternative? Yes, there are some alternatives. One is called the income floor model, which has a bucket zero for fixed income sources, which feeds into bucket one during leaner times. The other one is the two bucket model, the original. We have the usual bucket one for operating expenses and emergency funds, and then you have everything else invested in the markets for the long term. So there is no medium term bucket. And there's also the no bucket model, basically have it invested across a spectrum of asset classes and sell and withdraw. And this is the total withdrawal approach. Those are your three other options apart from the three bucket strategy when it comes to retirement planning and strategy. Now that's about it for this episode. With any retirement strategy, there's always positives and negatives. During your retirement, you don't want things to be too complex. You've got other things to worry about. You want them to be easily implementable. The three bucket strategy is just one such strategy, which I think is pretty reasonably simple to execute. Now, remember to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcast or whatever platform you may be using, or leave a five-star rating on all of the platforms. And please leave a positive review because there's a lot of thought and effort that I put into these episodes. The more ratings and reviews you leave, the more people get access to the podcast to please keep them coming. 
My name's Dev Raga, and this is My Millennium Money Professional. Until next time, please make sure you stay safe. We acknowledge the Awabakal people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement, target market determination, and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, and Glenn James are authorized representatives of Money Sherpa Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289.